All right, hey. everybody. Hello, and welcome to another episode of What's So Great About Friday. I'm Marty. And I'm Jonathan. And this is the show where, whether it's your family that matters, you're taking it step by step, or... Um, There's a teenage witch. Yeah. You should curb your enthusiasm because... Seinfeld. I'm just not a great fan of these shows. <laughs> Jonathan, how are you? I'm doing great. Uh, just to do a quick recap as like previously on, mm-hmm. uh, I just got done being stage manager for... Um, the first two nights, so the Thursday and Friday, Thursday, Friday, Thursday, Friday of X Fest here mm-hmm. in Baltimore, um, that has been put together by uh, many of our mutual friends. Yeah, um, wonderful, it great is festival, great yeah. festival, uh, comedy from the margins, and yeah, so it's just uh, it's women and gender minorities being able to perform mm-hmm. and have a wonderful safe space and wonderful audience yeah. the last two nights, and not just perform but uh, organizing the organizing, entire thing. Yeah, it's uh, been great, like great merchandising, uh, great just production mm-hmm. it's it's a real quality festival it's real fun to be at yeah and uh personally at home our air conditioner stopped working oh and uh my sister did an amazing job of trying to snake the piping mm-hmm. to get some of the gook out that's been blocking the air conditioning. The, the air conditioning uh water to be drained out which has oh, been causing it to back, to up. back up oh wow and wow, wow. uh so she got like a small a small snake she got a bigger snake mm-hmm. it couldn't get past this elbow yeah which is where the stuff was and then I said, well, why don't we try using some of the green gobbler uh, and, and just putting Drano in just, there, basically. Yeah, Drano in there yeah. and see how it works. And uh, sweet baby Jesus, 15 minutes later, uh, our air conditioner was back up and running. Nice. Um, so that was exciting. How's, uh, how's, how's your week been? Uh, things are pretty good with me. I've been uh, watching an old series uh, that's not necessarily a situational comedy, okay. although it is about situations. Uh, you may have heard of it. It's called Pride and Prejudice. Oh, yes. Yeah, we've been watching the 1995 BBC version mm-hmm. uh, starring a very broody uh, Colin wait a Farrell. Minute. No, it's not Colin Farrell. Why have I forgotten the guy's name? Uh, he's very famous. He's mostly known for like uh, this, but also um, Bridget Jones's Diary. Um, Colin Firth? Yes. God, that's why I couldn't get it because it's so close. Colin Firth, a very broody Colin Firth um, who, if you're familiar with the TV show Buffy the Vampire Slayer, looks just like Angel. Wow. In his like back in times days. That is very interesting. Yeah. I would have never pictured Colin Firth being a, a doppelganger-ish in and young it's, age. It's of... not just David Boreanaz. Right. It's like specifically that character in the episodes where they're back in time. Got it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, anyway, speaking of romances, mm-hmm. let's get to our guest. Let's get to yeah, it. Let's yeah, let's it. get to it. All right. We'll be right back. All right, everybody. I'm sorry. What was that? I just thought, you know, there's always like some sort of musical interlude in between mm-hmm. shows and commercials. You don't always get it coming back from the commercials, though. Da, 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 da. Okay. Okay. We also have one literally like we do have it, yeah, it, it, it is in the uh, We're already off to a bad start. Um, hi, everybody. Welcome back. This is uh, What's So Great About Fridays. And we are super delighted to be joined in the studio by an expert not only on sitcoms, but on that, that which drives the heart itself. 
Hannah Jeffrey. Hannah, how are you? I'm really, really well. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, thank you so much for being here. Uh, now, we talk uh, a lot usually about the conflicts in sitcoms, mm-hmm. characters whose whose goals, whose very like core philosophies are at odds, and uh, how that sets up comedy, how it sets up, uh, in, my, in my opinion, a lot of bad comedy. Yes. Mm, absolutely. Uh, but that's not all that there is to sitcoms. Not, not by a long shot. There's every sitcom at its core has the character conflicts. But mm. then you go past that and it's no sitcom is built around two people. Right. You right. can't have a sitcom without all of those auxiliary characters yeah. that somehow Despite end up, some names like Will and Grace. Right. Right. Will and Grace. It's not a show with just Will and Grace would be awful. Yeah. I wouldn't watch that show. You need I would Karen and Jack. I, I would, however, I would watch a show just called Jack and Karen. Yeah. Yeah. Jack did have his show Just Jack. Yeah. Which was a hit. Yeah. Yeah. It was a little, NBC knew it was what a they were doing. Yeah. It's a hit in my heart. Oh, nice. that's fine. Yeah. So one of the things uh, and reasons I brought you on is because uh, recently on Facebook, um, there have been a lot of um, updates to this wonderful series called Zach Morris's Trash. Mm. Um, and it, it is a dissecting of episodes of Say by the Bell in which they show Zach for who he is, a, a, just a straight up piece of garbage who had wonderful friends and yeah. auxiliary characters around them and just terrorized everyone. And so we asked you on here because I, I, the first one I want to talk about is Zach Morris. So we yes. have we have Zach who is in love with Kelly, but then also any beautiful woman. I was going to say, is it is it love? Can uh, we call it love? I, Let's ask that, the That's a question. It was an intense high school lust. Okay. That's, that's all I can say about that. I, I, you know, I will admit for a while in my, in my youth, mm-hmm. I had a big thing for Zach Morris. He Everybody was, did. he was so cute, mm-hmm. but then he was going for Kelly Kapowski and I was like, Oh God, that is the perfect love story right there. It's yeah, Romeo right. and Juliet. But then it's like, Jesse would walk on mm-hmm. and you would always kind of get that look from Zach that was like, Oh, Hey, Jesse's here. Right. I was like, all right, well, what about Kelly Kapowski over there wearing her little belly shirt just for you, Zach? Right. I mean, I, as, as a woman in this day and age, mm. I don't want to interact with a man that just has this wandering eye right, yeah. from the one that he's supposed to be destined to love. Right. Mm, yeah. I mean, and that was, there's so many switch, switch swaps, swibbly swips of relationships within that show. So, oh, yeah. you know, like AC Slater was always trying to go after Kelly too, but mm-hmm. he definitely had a thing for Jesse. And poor Screech just working his ass oh. off for Lisa Turtle. I, that is my, one of my favorite storylines of just Screech going after Lisa and Lisa being like, no, Screech. And then finally just give them a little because Screech is Screech. Yeah. I would mm. I would throw Screech a bone. Okay. I would. Hmm. That's interesting because I, I had um, even then thought that it was deeply problematic that Screech would not take no for an answer. Okay. Well, now I, I do think of it as this is a show and it's not right. real life. Yeah. So it's it you have to think in this bigger picture of mm-hmm. <clears throat> excuse me of okay this isn't real right and so then you just kind of let some of that stuff slide but right. I, it was a great opportunity for anyone who felt that they were in that you know quote unquote nerd area mm-hmm. to go after a you know the quote unquote hot cheerleader yeah. and take that at least that one I'm shot I'm already just going to I'm going to take issue with the words go after to, it's not a hunt. Okay, like, so to, a, I'll change my I'll change my I'll change my my verbiage. So to take that opportunity to go up to someone mm. who you feel, um, for lack of a better term, in or out of your league, yeah, and take an opportunity to say, "Hey, I have feelings for you. Yeah. 
are they reciprocal? Would you like to go out on a date? Yeah. And I think the difference is he was never aggressive about no. it in a way that made Lisa feel unsafe or anything like that. Right. She knew that it was it was Screech. It was yeah. Screech was going to do Screech. It wasn't like Screech showing up outside of her window, right? Screech hiding under her bed, like Actually, Screech butt naked. Um, <laughs> right. I I think he might Did have he do done all things? those things. Not the butt naked part, but I definitely feel like he would be like under a tree. I feel like there was a say anything or a Romeo and Juliet style situation where Zach was behind a bush talking to Screech through a uh, walkie-talkie. A Cyrano de Bergerac. To, yeah, mm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, classic. Uh, actually, um, to, to steer this in a slightly different direction, classic situational comedy, like romantic comedy trope, uh, which I feel like not only Saved by the Bell, but lots of shows that that are based around strong characters having like silly interactions set up in odd situations that cause them to to come into conflict. Uh, the Cyrano story is, I think, one that we see over and over again. I, I don't, that's something I feel. Is that something that you've seen? So we're talking like the, in the ear, telling him what to say? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think that it's, it's, I've seen it most recently in Bob's Burgers, a cartoon situation, yeah, comedy, yeah. I'd, I'd argue. Oh, definitely. Uh, where um, Tammy, who is voiced by the wonderful, um, what's her name, you know, yeah. She used to be on SNL. She got kicked off because she said the F word. And she plays... Uh, Why can't I think I of totally Cammie? Yeah, well, well, yeah. Uh, to the internet. She, she plays we'll in Sister Saperstein on Parks. I can't believe I'm forgetting her name right now. But um, So Tammy is going after this guy, but he really is into Tina's personality because mm. Tina's been texting him. And so Tina is in her ear telling her to say things like, hey, that cloud looks like a butt because that's what the kid wants to hear right. from her. Yeah. And... Uh, and so it ends up not working. I'd say nine out of ten. Nope, nine and a half out of ten times. Yeah, it's it's never successful. No, I think and there's a five percent chance of that actually going well. Yeah. Uh, so one of the other things with um, sitcoms, you you get sort of the friends part, and then you get sort of the family part. Yes. And so I think of a show like Step by Step, where you had uh, a much larger Brady Bunch esque show. Do you think that that there is a speci- there's a right number. There's a golden number. Oh, it's Jenny Slate. Jenny, Jenny Slate. Slate. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, She's great. She is wonderful. She really is. Um, that uh, could that that's the perfect number to have good comedy within it. Yes, okay. I do. Uh, and my go-to for this is Boy Meets World. Okay, it's a family uh, yeah. of five. Yep. So we've got the mom, the dad, older brother Eric. We've got Corey, and right. then we have the little sister that Who, changed actresses like halfway through. Uh-huh, yeah. So yeah. annoying. Um, but then outside of that, he had his best friend, Sean, and then he had Topanga. Right. So I think that ideally you need a family of at least five. Okay. So And it's the same for like Full House. Like Full House yeah. was a crazy family, but it was a big one. So there was a lot of different right. interactions you could have. And I think a lot of the family members in that show doubled as friends. Right, right. Whereas in Boy Meets World, it's a very clear friends and family situation. But what made that show just the golden nugget that it is Feeny. was having Feeny exactly right. that he wasn't family he wasn't a friend he was just this overarching mentor who was there for everything he hmm. was there for the friend situations right. he was there oh excuse me he was there for the family you know gatherings and celebrations and he was the one that made it all make sense yeah he, he was that like that's how I think a lot of teachers in life struggle so you everybody strives to be Feeny yes um, you want to have that balance of like I'm here to guide you, but I'm also here to like, you know, be co- like to be this wonderful space for you yeah. to 
to approach. So when you have those moments when you're thinking to yourself, I want to be like Feeny, I'm, I'm Feenying, uh, <laughs> like how do you sort of orient your decision making in that process? I just think about what like, like WWFD, yeah, you what know, would what, what would Feeny do? Yeah. And I mean, honestly, I try to do my best to, to be that mm. guiding hand. Uh, you know, some teachers fall to like go too easy at the beginning of the year, and they think, "Oh, yeah. we're going to be best friends." Da, da, da. And then you get towards later of the year where like the the shit starts to weigh down on you, and mm-hmm. you're just like, "No!" But like Feeney never had that problem. He had a wonderful garden in his backyard Ugh. that he could see Corey because he knew Corey. That there that is not by by accident that Mister Feeney lived next door to Corey Matthews. This sounds really ominous. That is not by accident. He knew what was going to happen for this child's life. Not to say that his parents couldn't <laughs> handle it, but they had two other kids. Eric is a Eric was a big Eric's pain a in handful. the ass. Like he like that, and then they had a little girl. Like you should have stopped it too, but that didn't happen. <laughs> no, he had to be there. And Corey often fell by the wayside. Right. I mean, he's mm. middle child syndrome. So yeah. Feeney was there as that kind of guiding force, and he was there for Eric. Right. And Eric definitely needed him more mm-hmm. than Corey, but Corey needed him in a much more uh, instrumental way. Yeah. He yeah. needed him. He needed a firmer hand. Yes, yeah. exactly. And then you have Sean, that poor kid, oh, found Sean. a found a teacher who wanted to adopt him. Which again, another feeling that every teacher gets. Yeah. There's that. There's those kids that you're just like, if I could just take you home and just hug you for that extra ten seconds. Mm-hmm. That's where life is going to feel better. But then that, uh, I forget his name, that teacher who tried to take yeah. him in, got into the motorcycle got accident, into an accident. That's oh, right. Lord. survived possibly, and then you never hear from him again. Yeah. It was my least favorite part of that entire series. Fuck. I, there were episodes where I felt broken because mm. of that show, but that episode went, because it makes you feel like, you know what? This is it for Sean. Yeah. Sean's going to be fine because he had always been a problematic kid. He mm. was a prankster, you know? But at this point, it was like, okay, he is going into his teenage years with no father figure. He has mm. a crappy home life as it is. Right. Yeah. And he finally found somebody who's a cool guy. Yeah. Like, he's so cool. He's a great teacher. I can't remember his name either. Yeah. I, and he he was really only yeah. in, like, we'll call two him seasons. Faux Feeny. Faux Feeny. Mm. Me, my Bo Beanie. <laughs> uh, well, and this this brings another thing to mind. You you said there are those frustrations about teachers who want to help. They want to reach out and and kind of guide these students oh, who are Mr. Turner. Mr. Turner. Mr. Turner. Try, they're trying to figure out the world John. and they're they're making uh they're making bad decisions because they don't know any other kind to make. Uh to bring this back to romance a little bit, uh in in sitcoms, I feel like that has to be a huge source of frustration and probably in your real life, Jonathan, if you see you see are kids you saying like, that's frustrating for me to find a love life? No, to see like kids it trying is. to make decisions about oh. who, who they crush on and oh who they hook God. up with. Oh my God, it is the worst. <laughs> what do you think that that's like for Feeney? I, I think I might've used a few lines from Feeney. Like uh, I teach I teach middle school, so it's definitely the rule of thumb is there are no relationships, you can't go anywhere. Yeah. And then you get the kids who are like, well, my parents take us to the movies. And it's like, okay, well. Sit down. Screw right. you. Uh, phrasing. Phrasing. <laughs> uh, but... <laughs> They, uh, it's, it's tough, you know? Yeah. Uh, middle school is such a weird time because you, you start growing these things. You start, your voice starts to change, which is oddly enough, recently a big deal for a lot of, Mm. uh, a lot of my students. They'll be like, so I'm just going. And it's like, (gasps) 
it cracked. That is and one of my like, favorite things to watch in a sitcom, especially right? yeah. one that starts from when they're really little, like Boy Meets World. Yeah. Or, mm-hmm. I mean, no voice is really cracked in Full House, but yeah. ones where you right. see them from, like, like uh, Mary Kate and Ashley Olsen, you see oh, them yeah, from yeah. infancy yeah. up until I think they were like seven by the end of the show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, watching somebody grow up as a as a fan is so exciting. And then when I step back and I think about that actor or actress, I'm like, oh, man, they they didn't have a life. Right. They right. they were literally they grew up as someone else. Right. So coming out of that, that has to be so confusing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, identity issues are hard enough when you're right. when like your body is betraying you and changing. I mean, uh, much less when. You've lived a double life. Right. But then I think once they started to get older, they started to do those mystery, oh, like straight to VHS uh, shows. Yeah. And I think maybe that they got themselves out of that maybe as a way like we are our own brand. I think they're still clearly running away. Oh, yeah. I, I don't think that part of their life they is They do not over. want to have anything to do with Fuller House. Uh, well, so... That's terrible sitcom, by the way. Yeah. Oh, I, I, not a fan. I binged the first season because I felt like it was my responsibility. Mm-hmm. As right. you know, I, I grew up watching pretty much reruns of yeah. Full House yeah. because I was really young when the show was ending. So I remember coming home from middle school and turning on ABC Family, which is now Freeform, yeah, uh, right. and watching it for just like that hour block, um, and I just lost my train of thought. Wow. I just forgot what I was saying. So I, it must I not feel like that that, that's what Fuller House is like. Yeah. Oh, right. Fuller House. To the God, see, show. it's not even like worth remembering <laughs> what we're talking about. I stopped I stopped worrying about that show. I think it was the second or third episode in where they got skunked. And then mm-hmm. you just see uh like Stephanie in a vat of oh, oh, no 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 it was, oh, it was uh tomato soup. Oh right, tomato soup. A vat of tomato soup naked mm-hmm. with her nephew in a vat next to her. Yeah. And I thought, this is not okay. <laughs> Every part of it, it. It feels very contrived, first of all, because yeah. it is. They're, they were trying to rebuild this empire that right. they had created. Right. And then it's just so uncomfortable. It's with, like, with you want to- Kimmy wanted, Gibbler. <laughs> Kim, uh, Kim, okay. <laughs> Kimmy was a fun, welcome surprise in the original show when it was mm-hmm. like, oh, Kimmy's here. But we didn't put her in every episode for a reason. Right. She scared the hell out of us when right. she went to that frat party and yes. passed out. And we, we all felt for- uh, Every sitcom has to have a good no drinking right. episode. Yes, very uh, special episode. Yes, yeah. very. We learn a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but now she's a main character in Fuller House, and she's so goddamn annoying. Right. And uh, one of the few cases I think in a sitcom where we see like crushes come and go. Like relationships can almost never be permanent in a sitcom where the goal is to return to the status quo, right. to like get back to the starting position. And yet we see Kimmy now, like not only having having been married and have a child, but now separated, and now now like the tension in the relationship is a will they won't they right uh, about a divorcee that that's like tonally very different right and, and I it's funny watching Kimmy Gibbler grow up. I don't know why, but you just kind of get this feeling that's like ah she probably couldn't hold down a marriage. <laughs> Like she's just too everywhere. Yeah. Like there's there was no particle in her body mm-hmm. that was like, you know what? I'm gonna settle down. Right. I'm gonna get me a good job. I'm gonna get me a steady husband and we're yeah. gonna have a couple kids and be fine. Probably should have moved away from San Francisco. I'm gonna go ahead and say that. Yeah. I think she would have really thrived on like a ranch yeah. somewhere. I just, I just wonder if that was their answer to Steve Urkel. Kimmy Gibbler? Yeah. Oh yeah. You know, like yeah. they were like, maybe we introduce ourselves. A, a funky a, neighbor. A Steve Urkel-esque character and see how that plays out. 
and they well, just they, never took off. They're certainly sort of born from the same tropes, right? Yeah. They, they are the the quirky neighbor, the the person you didn't choose to have in your life, but they're there. But you tolerate them, but they spice things up, right? And um, yeah, I, I think you know we continue to see that to this day. Yeah, in, in that makes me think of uh, after The Office had so much success. I mean, obviously mm. the British version was fantastic, right. but then when the American version also found so much success. Uh, they kind of tried to recreate Michael Scott into Leslie Nope for Parks and Rec. Right. And it didn't work because yeah. there was one Michael Scott. And you right. can't just have a female Michael Scott. And the very first episode or the very first season of Parks and Rec, people hate. Yeah. yeah. Because it's Leslie being like, I'm a crazy boss. Right. So I'm quirky like Michael Scott. Yeah. And it's not. She's until... unlikable. I mean, it's... exactly. Yeah. She's obnoxious. You she... want to root for her. And then you're like, but why? Right. And then in the second season, she really finds her place. Is like she's not an obnoxious boss. She's a competent government worker yeah. who's very type A, very right. anal, but she's going to get the work done, mm-hmm. whereas Michael Scott didn't do anything. Right. But I also argue that with Parks and Rec, the first season was very focused on um, Anne and Leslie and yes. didn't have the larger group of people to like play off with because mm-hmm. i think retta and jim o'hare have like two lines they, between the yeah two. in right. in the first season but then as it gets better like then it becomes a thing where it's like here's leslie for like five minutes of doing this but then let's go see you know treat yourself and then let's go see yeah. andy shining shoes for a bit and yeah, then they let the universe expand. Let, yeah right. and i think that's where we that and they got rid of mark oh Ugh. my god <laughs> thank mark. god <laughs> Thank God. Yeah, talk about a relationship that just like did not make the sitcom. That, oh my God. That was upsetting. It was so, it was very upsetting because in the beginning it's like, Leslie, you want her to be this strong, powerful woman that she does end up being. Right. But she's so hung up on this loser guy right. who she like had sex with once five years ago. It right. makes her look crazy. Right. Which they totally turned that around in the right. later seasons because she's not crazy. She's very right. headstrong and she knows what she's doing. But it's like this, that one guy gave her this huge weakness. Yeah. Plus she worked with him and they framed it in this way where it's like he is the sane one and she's the crazy one that's just like very gross in retrospect and thankfully they they cleaned that up a lot they really really did and then they gave him to Anne which was like come on and then I was like "Mm." that show I enjoy a lot for the fact that they drop a lot of things but then they find random places to pick it back up Mm -hmm. so the first two seasons is built around this this pit yeah and then we get the Harvest Festival. Then we completely forget about the pit because the Harvest Festival went so well. So then we have Leslie trying to go for uh, city council. Mm-hmm. And then as she gets to city council, oh, guess what? We do something with the pit. Yeah, mm-hmm. the pit is back. Uh, well, speaking of things that are back, uh, the clock is back. And I'm afraid we're, we're running out of time no. here. Um, uh, Hannah, would you mind sticking around and playing a game with us? I would be honored. I would love that. Thank you. We could really use your expertise. This is a new thing we're trying on trying the show. Trying it out. Uh, we asked you uh, some questions on Facebook. And... But here's the name of the game. Oh, want... that's right. Yeah. Uh, game should have a name, right? Yeah, and the game is called, Can We Do That? Okay. Uh, that's perfect. I love it. Okay. I'm glad you do. That was. I yeah. was worried that you weren't going to be a fan of it, and I'm glad Why would you out. have chosen it if you thought I wouldn't like it? Uh, no, I was hoping that you were going to like it. Mm. But you thought. There was a possibility so that you, you had were a real like head heart situation yep. going on there. Mm-hmm. Mm. All right. So, very sitcom esque. Uh, yeah, yeah, very, so, very sitcom y. We, yeah. we asked uh, everyone on our Facebook page to uh, give us two characters from a sitcom mm. that we could t- that have never met each other before. So, two different characters from two, two different, different universes. Yep. Gotcha. Um, and then they got to meet yep. um, how this relationship would fall out. Now. Okay. Um, this was the first time we tried it, 
And we got some good responses. Some people put uh, people that weren't in sitcoms like Black Panther and Archie Bunker. Archie Bunker mm. is definitely a great Sit- that's sitcom, a sitcom character. character, but Black Panther is neither it's not. sitcom. It's a situational combat character. Nice. Uh, but here's what happened. Um, our, our friend of the show, uh, Richard Gorelick, uh sort of challenged our Facebook question. Oh, excellent. And Richard. said, if you delete everyone else's comments, I will put up a lot of friends references. It will be funny. Um, <laughs> so, so I screenshotted everyone's statements because I want to be respectful. I'm sorry. I just, I just want to be clear that I see where this is going. You, you did it. You did it? Oh yeah, I cha- I <laughs> challenge accepted. So uh, we got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, uh, eleven statements from Richard. Oh, Richard. Um, my favorite was uh, uh, somebody put a frowny emoji, to which Richard replied, "Perfect." That's exactly how Monica would have reacted. Ooh. Uh, Cutting. So we have a few. Let's start with one that isn't Richard's. Uh, <laughs> Sam Malone and okay. Barney Stinson. <laughs> that would be fascinating. And I would love to see. So just just to remind me and everyone else. Yes. Sam Malone from Cheers. Cheers. So Playboy, former pitcher of the Red Sox, now owner and bartender yeah. of Cheers. Ugh. And then Barney Stinson. Uh, How uh, I Met Your Mother. How I Met Your Mother. Yeah. Um, Playboy. Um, awful sex. Has a, has a good heart, yeah. but then it disappears. Yeah, real quick. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I like the idea of maybe putting... How I Met Your Mother in Boston instead of New York. And mm. instead of going to McLaren's, they go to Cheers. Yeah. Um, I love that idea of just Barney and 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 Sam kind of playing against each other. Mm-hmm. See, I actually disagree. I think that they would combine into the ultimate wingmen for each other. I don't think that it would be. No. I I, I, I definitely see because uh, we're talking Neil Patrick Harris and right. Ted Danson. Yes, and uh, that power duo right there. That's going to be a like really weird energy that really builds on itself. I think that would be super fun. I I I would love to see them work together. I think that you're right. I think that there would be conflict. Yeah, but I would love to see them get past that and like have Barney angle to get Sam and Diane. Okay. Like push them oh, together yeah. and be like, be like, hey man, I got like, I'm either, not going after Sam. Either that, like, or not, right? Like, see, see him. I think he gets Sam in a lot of trouble. Like, yeah. Sam, Sam's usually getting into trouble by saying yes to things. And I think, like, you're just gonna see Barney taking him out on the weirdest things, and that might end up pushing him back to Diane. That's really. true. Yeah. Uh, but I think, I think there would be some epic out on the town scenes. I would like, I would like to say, I would much rather watch Barney Stinson hang out with Sam Malone than watch Barney Stinson hang out with Ted Mosby. Oh yeah, because mm. Ted Mosby is the biggest Architect. wet blanket in in the history of history. Yeah, I mean, it's just, every time they're like, "Hey, let's do something fun." He's like, "I don't know. I want to meet a girl." And then like yeah. they either get him really drunk or they get him really motivated to do something, and then he ruins the show again. I right. like the idea of Ted and Cliff hanging out with each other. Mm. <laughs> I think that sounds fun. This would just be a nonstop 30-minute episode of two people sitting next to just, each other at a bar. Yeah, just trying to say, well, let me tell you about this. Yeah. And then the, the um, Jeopardy. I think you've invented the podcast. Well, there it is. <laughs> uh, our next one. This one is coming to us from Richard. Uh, I like it. Ross Geller and Carl Winslow. 
What? Uh, what would they have to talk about? That was my question. <laughs> so, so I think I think I see this meeting. Uh, well, first off, they're like ones in New York, ones in L.A. Yeah, but you, but again, like we can move people places if we're doing. This. I do like to think about the situation under which they would meet, though. Yeah. Okay. So, like, all right, let's say let's say that Ross goes to L.A. So, mm-hmm. first of all, we're dealing with Ross in L.A. Right. Which I Ross can function in New York, but I don't see him existing well in LA. No, he would just complain about all the things. Right. It's too sunny. It's too hot. I I hate driving. Yeah. Well, I definitely think the monkey escapes and Carl has to arrest the monkey. I feel like that's how they that's how they get together. I do I do have to say my mind immediately went to I would like to see Ross get arrested by Carl Winslow. <laughs> yeah, like right? Like that I would just like to see Ross get arrested. Just period. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and yeah, when it, and if it's Carl Winslow, like no one could be mad at him. Exactly. I don't think anyone could be mad at someone who arrests Ross, though. No, not really. Because even fans I, of the show, even fans of Friends, are begging for Ross to so get arrested. I, I, th- I thought Family Matters was in Chicago, so he would be going to Chicago. Oh, it's Chicago. Yeah. That's my bad. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So he, which is he much closer complain. to New York. He would still complain. Yeah, it's yeah. too windy. Too my windy. hair. These, like, why are the, these trains all up in the air? The right. bean is too big. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I liked. I, I think. Marcel escapes. Mm -hmm. Steve trying to do an experiment. Carl arrests Ross. I think that's how that all works out. Okay. And then the rest of the friends have to go and bail him out. Yeah. That's a whole scene. That's a whole. That's a whole thing. Yeah, it's a huge thing. And the the relationships that change are the people who have to fly together Mm -hmm. in coach class. Yep. To go bail out Ross. You Uh, know, like Monica would have booked herself a first class seat, mm -hmm. and then just (laughs) sitting up there, like, oh, you guys didn't. No. Oh. Uh, here's another one. Uh, this one's really good. Balky and Ricky Ricardo. Wow. I don't know Balky. So Balky is strangers. Perfect Strangers, um, which, uh, side note, was the catalyst for the spinoff of Family Matters. I did not know that. Wow. I didn't either until I IMDb'd uh, to make sure that Family Matters is in Chicago. <laughs> yeah. And it said a... A, a spinoff of Perfect Strangers. So wow. did you just learned this. I just learned this, yes. Uh, but yeah, so uh, Balky, who, um, he's an immigrant. I was going to say, he's he's uh, a, an unfortunate character in yeah. the sense that he is a racial st- stereotype of like like uh, Eastern, Eastern European. European. Yeah. yeah. And oh, the, kind the of humor. like uh, kind of like on Taxi. Yes. yes. Uh, imagine like a kinder hearted version of Andy Kaufman's character. Yeah. And that's, oh my god! That's Could like you imagine all the... three of them together, though? No. Okay. Thank you um, very much. Yeah, I don't like this question. You don't like that? Okay, we'll <laughs> no. play. Uh, we got another one. I do like the idea of Ricky Ricardo meeting anybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, we'll <clears throat> I mean, that's a lot of what that show was about when they when they did all the celebrities and mm-hmm. um, yeah, that was fun stuff. Uh, I wonder if there's a website that just like translated all of Ricky's rants. Oh There's got to be. There has to I'll be. have to look that up there later. There has to be. Yeah. Um, Honestly, so, though, if if you like, if you listen, he's he makes sense. Yo, yeah, a hundred percent. And it's just, it's actually kind of upsetting to have everyone be like, oh, I don't know I don't what, what he's saying. saying. Because and then, Lucy and, and Ethel Lucy are always getting like, into their Wah. antics, yeah. and he's the one like level-headed person yeah, that's yeah. like, hey, what if we? But he's talking so fast with right. such a thick accent that we right. just write it off. So, I'm like, but, but you married him. Yeah. Like, Speaking of Lucy, we have Lucille Ball or Lucy Ricardo. Uh, and Buster Bluth. Oh my God. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, 
introducing Lucille three. Uh, wow, that's amazing. Oh, I, I, I'm like, I need a second to picture please it. Please do. I'm just uh, thank you to our good friend Jeff Toppy uh, for mentioning this. It was a really good one. I oh. don't know that I had ever thought about this before, but there are so many character similarities between like the the like neurotic energy of Buster and when when like Lucy finds herself in a bad situation mm-hmm. and she doesn't know what to do. I feel like that. The, in that moment, they are the same character. She does get a little Buster-esque. Yeah. I think the difference is that Buster is far needier. Oh, yeah. yeah. Buster he, like, needs someone at all times. He's never baseline. And, right. like, she she is occasionally a totally normal person right. in a nice situation who has people she cares about. And Buster is basically like, what if Lucy was always trapped under a bear rug yes. in someone's house? Yes. <laughs> and Buster has his few fleeting moments of bravery where, like, right. okay, he goes and signs up for the army. Right. Mm-hmm. Whereas... Lucy is a brave person. Yeah. She gets into a lot of sticky situations, but she's right, never... Because, because she has, like, no fear. <laughs> right. Because she wants... To, like, she she thrives on the chaos almost. Right. Whereas Buster, he chaos is his biggest enemy. Mm-hmm. He, all he wants is to sit at home, drink his juice, and have right. his mother sit next to him. Yeah. Uh, that would be fantastic. I would like to see that. I was just looking to see if Lucy ever did an episode where she joined the army. Uh, all right. Do we have a last one? There? Doesn't seem right. Uh, yeah, we got. We have one last one. Uh, we have Salem, mm-hmm. the cat from Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Okay, sassy as hell. Uh, and Alf. And I, I do want you to know, Marty. This will be my next fanfic. <laughs> well, then we shouldn't talk about. <laughs> it. No, let's talk about. It. Let's brainstorm because this is going to be a good bit. So we have Salem, who is a a warlock who was trapped inside of a cat's body. Yeah. Um, for doing some naughty, nasty things. He has a quick wit. Uh, yeah. But is able to communicate. So the cat in Alf mm-hmm. can't talk. Right. Um, so but the Alf in Alf can, can talk. talk. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, this would be an interesting piece of... Yeah, I mean, you wrote you literally wrote this story just with a different cat. It is true. But the thing is, is that Garfield. like Garfield sort of talks with his mind thoughts mm-hmm. uh salem can use words yeah um but also knows the magical world i don't think this would this relationship would last long no, no. i definitely feel like once alf attempted to eat salem it was hey sabrina can you open up a like portal a or something to yeah. send this creature back to its planet or maybe maybe bring back the planet i don't know how strong of a witch sabrina is but not not too strong in the beginning not too strong in the beginning couldn't even keep a relationship hey hey but she could explain it all all right i think we're gonna close the game there (laughs) thanks everybody for writing in uh Thanks for writing in. Uh, as always, you can send us your uh, your suggestions. We'd love to talk about more about these in the future and mm-hmm. look forward to future questions on our website at wehavetoask.com or on our Twitter or Facebook pages. Uh, you find us there at We Have to Ask. And um, I'm going to ask Jonathan to apologize to every person whose comments he deleted because um, don't let Richard push our show around, okay? He's not a show producer. Okay. I, and I uh, yet I feel like that's what he's bargaining yeah, I, for. I feel like he's angling for that, and if that's what he wants, he needs to ask for it like a polite uh, human person. I'm sorry, Nate. Okay. I am sorry, Sh- uh, Sherry and mm-hmm. Eric mm-hmm. and Kevin. Mm-hmm. Oh, Kevin had to go into Tobias Junke and Screech. We'll never know. Oh, uh, and Andy. Wait, I would like to touch on that. I feel like Screech might be Tobias's long lost time traveling son. Yeah. Have you watched the new season? I haven't. Okay. I haven't I'm yet. I'm not going to say a word. Oh, wow. Okay, please don't. I have to watch uh, that and Kimmy Schmidt. And Allison and Tammy. Oh, my God. 
That's it was a, a massacre. He deleted a lot of people's and comments. Uh, all right. Well, thanks. You, thanks for writing in, and um, I'm going to ask that Jonathan not delete your comments in the future. We'll it see. It will never happen lessons. again. Yeah. Unless Richard challenges me again. <laughs> And then we'll see what happens. It hurts my heart what you let that man do to other people through you. Uh, great. Well, Hannah, thank you so much for thank being you for on having the show. Me. Uh, I feel like I've learned a lot. I have a new lens through which to watch some of these old favorites. Yes. Uh, where can folks find you if they wanted to see you, I don't know, do improv? Oh, my gosh. Uh, yeah. So I do improv at the Baltimore Improv Group. Uh, okay. I'm on a conservatory team, so we, pra- or we play every other Tuesday. Nice. Um, I recently just started trying my hand at stand-up. So oh, very good. It's not that good yet. Yet, so maybe don't come see me do that one just yet. <laughs> I'll come back later and tell you okay. when to see that. Yeah, just, okay. Yeah. Let us know. Great. Uh, yeah. Well, thanks so much for being on the show. It's been a delight it having has. you here. I've, I'm delighted to have been here. To leave, Leaving here, I will feel delighted. Beautiful. Excellent. All right. Uh, well, we'll be right back. All right, everybody. Welcome hey. back. Uh, Jonathan, I'm sorry I yelled at you on the air. No, it's important. Like I knew what I was doing, mm-hmm. but I I thought like okay if I screenshot everybody yeah. so that way we still keep the I definitely I see where your heart was at yeah you you wanted to non destructively destroy all of this you you wanted to have your cake and eat it too I did I yeah. wanted to make sure that everything was sort of copacetic it it just makes me feel bad I'm really sorry <laughs> That's uh, my fault. it's cool so uh, what do we have next week uh, next week we are talking about everyone's least favorite sitcom ever. Curb Your Enthusiasm? Oh, yeah. Because that's that's my least favorite. A lot of people love it. A lot of people love it. Yeah. I think it's because they just think, ooh, Larry David, mm, he's he's sassy. I, I like the Larry David, mm. mm. Like I just saw a tasty slice of pizza. Mm. Well, <laughs> yeah, right. I think we're going to we're gonna talk about that and, uh, and yeah, see how that goes. Great. Uh, well, folks, thanks so much for listening. We wouldn't do this show without you. So please, as always, uh, we welcome your feedback. You can leave comments for us on our website at wehavetoask.com or on our Twitter or Facebook pages at we have to ask. And we want to know, what are you watching these days? Where are you finding your funnies? And uh, what are those nostalgic sitcom moments that keep coming back in your mind? Mm. This has been another episode of What's So Great About Fridays. I'm Marty. And I'm Jonathan. And as always, thank goodness it's funny. <laughs> See you all next time. This has been another episode of What's So Great About Friday. We'd like to thank our producers Amy and Herbie Lobsters, and thanks to Guys and Castries for our theme song, New Day. Check them out on iTunes, and while you're there, check us out as well. If you're already a subscriber, give us a rating and a review. It really helps. Join the discussion online at wehavetoask.com or on Facebook or Twitter at wehavetoask. And don't forget to check out the other podcasts on the Peaksoft Network at peaksoft.com. Hey, this is Chris. And this is Joe from the Curioso Podcast. You are currently listening to We Have to Ask. We Have to Ask? I gotta be honest with you, I'm not sure what the hell is going on. So we have to ask. I, I, I've i tried to ask. You did? And I, I haven't gotten any answers. How many times has this happened to you? I just want to listen to a podcast. I can't choose from all these complicated structures and setups. You want to listen, not think. That's why there's Hobo Radio. You'll feel like the smartest guy in the room in a room by yourself. This doesn't take any intellectual thinking at all. Thanks, Hobo Radio. 
Hobo Radio, a weekly podcast on the Peak Sloth Podcast Network. <laughs> <laughs>